The date is Friday, December 17th, and you're listening to Entertain This, a thought-provoking podcast encapsulating all things entertainment. In this episode, we're taking a sleigh ride through the nostalgic holiday television programs made by a production company called Rankin Bass. Is that name not jingling any bells? Well, listen in and it'll all become clear. So enjoy! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the only show currently being hosted from the North Pole. Shout out to Santa for letting us be here. It's Entertain This. <laughs> Entertain This. As always, I'm your festive elf uh, head manager, and I'm Alex. And I'm your uh, uh, strong uh, reindeer man, uh, Michael. <laughs> and I'm St. Nick. Oh, damn it, it's too easy for you. Wow! As soon as I started the bit, he was like, got it. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Got it. <laughs> I've been waiting my entire life. Um, so, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to back up. Because we are at the mm-hmm. North Pole. I mean, you can hear the, the elves working, you can hear the bells. You hear all of it. Um, so, it's obvious that we're there. And we're going to get him to quiet down. Guys, can you just can you just give it... Okay. Okay, I think... Yeah, it's, it's like silent here now. Anyway, um, so... I gotta ask, Michael, are you... You said you're a strong reindeer man. So... (laughs) Are you, like, the man who, like, wrangles the reindeer and, like, gets them on the sleigh? Or are you a half-man, half-reindeer? And then my next question is, how the hell did that happen? Was it a Christmas um, miracle? The great thing is, is there's lots of really good, like interpretations of even like what Santa looks like, what his like personality is or anything of the sort. So really, I'm just going to leave that up for anyone to decide. It's it's no, there's no, there's no canon lore here. No, <laughs> no, no, not a satisfactory cause, answer. No, because <laughs> no, because you said that you were a half deer, half man. Oh, and or at least that's you said you were a deer man and i assumed yeah. and i shouldn't assume it's not right for <laughs> me to assume man. you're you know what's going John on deer i man. just i just need you to tell me so that i know how to you know approach right this. right right so um, i just need a straight answer from you yeah uh what are you working with yeah, I got hooves. I got antlers, okay so got... okay okay hold on <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you are a half deer half man Officially. I never said that. I never said that. Oh, but you okay? So he's, are you saying listen, no? I am. I am. A, I am. I am full up. reindeer, shut full up. man. All of you, shut up! <laughs> shut up! All of you. Okay. Are you saying that you have hooves and antlers, as mm-hmm. in you possess them? <laughs> yes. Or are you saying that you have them because they are attached to your body and you were born with them? Yes. Okay, well, see, if you confirm both of those, it really just <laughs> confirms the latter, that you are, in fact, a half-deer, half-man. I don't know. I, uh, okay. Yeah, 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 sure. All right. <laughs> no, it. it's Christmas. You don't get to Maybe blow me off on this. What? What's going on? Uh, well, you know the song, you got Dasher, you got Dancer, you got Donner and Blitzen. Michael. Connor. Michael uh, and Cupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but the most important reindeer of them all is obviously still Rudolph. Rudolph, yep. Uh-huh. He's got that r- red nose, you yep. know? That mm-hmm. didn't answer my question in, in the slightest, but I don't know if I'm going to get an answer. So maybe <laughs> one day I'll find out 
There's no canon uh, entertain this lore of whether or not I am a full reindeer, half reindeer, (laughs) half man, or a man pretending to be a reindeer. Okay, here's the thing. We are an audio platform. We we paint pictures with our voices, with the stories that we tell. I mean, look Mm -hmm. at us. We're in the gosh darn North Pole right now in Mm -hmm. Sam's workshop. And that yep. happened. That happened. And, they, and you know, our, our listeners know that. Um, but here's the problem is I can look around. I'm looking around. I'm looking around right now. I see the elves. Right. I see the toys being made. It's festive. It's great. Mm-hmm. There's a giant tree. Wow. There's candy canes galore. Um, but I look at you and I look at your bottom half. And right now it's just this black cloud. And it's like a it's like a Cthulhu esque like if I look at it too long, I start to like see like things I don't want to see. Like I can't. I can't fathom what yeah. I'm looking at. And until you tell me, I feel like I'm going insane looking at it. So, you, so you got to paint would, that you picture. Would, you would just go more insane if I described it to you. It, it turns out Santa and all of his reindeer are all just Cthulhu esque uh, nightmares from the mystical dreamscape here to haunt our realm. So, and you're half that? No, I am fully that, uh, but half of which takes the form of a man. Uh, the other half vaguely like a reindeer. Are you okay? I'm gonna understand this. Are you saying that you are a plane walker where uh, you exist on multiple planes at once, and on this plane you exist as a human man, but on another plane you exist as a reindeer? No. Okay, off. I give up. <laughs> Let's start the show. Mike, we're gonna have to roll persuasion and then get past Alex DC. Doing that. <laughs> it's Christmas. <laughs> So far, it's not working out for you. So <laughs> it's Christmas. I, I would love to see like a Cthulhu esque take on Christmas. That would be incredible. <laughs> oh, I think we yeah. just wrote one. <laughs> Fan fiction. It's fun. Anyway, it's another week here in in festive North Pole land where we're currently recording the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is an honor to be here, uh, Michael. It must be a huge honor for you because you get to you get to captain the episode taking place right here. In the North Pole. I do. I do. Wow. It's very exciting. It is um, exciting. Yeah. It's exciting to be here. Yeah. It's a, it's and so cool. I was, I, I, there was a lot of preparation that had to go into this because like we had to buy the tickets. We had to get our passports. Yeah. All that jazz. Uh, and so I had to, a lot of time to try and come up with a really good topic. Yeah. Uh, and then we got denied for passports for some reason. I didn't know mm-hmm. that was a thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, well, you got turned away at the border. Well, yeah, but I got in anyway because they. Yeah, I had. Yeah. I just recently got a new haircut, and as you all know, I usually wear my hair long to hide my ears. But they saw my <laughs> protruding ears, and they actually threw me back over the border, thinking that I was a, actually abandoning uh, the North Pole. That mm-hmm. I myself how'd, how'd was you guys an elf. Get here, what? I just took the train. I don't know. Yeah, of course you took the train. The Polar Express. I mean, come on. Yeah. We had to like we basically snuck in, if I'm being yeah. honest. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. We're we're we may be illegal aliens to the North Pole right now. <laughs> Santa has offered us sanctuary here. Mm-hmm. And North we're Pole gonna do our podcast city. real quick. And then he said he's gonna throw us he's gonna throw Michael and I both in a it's gonna be a large box, but when we're both in it, it's gonna feel small. And we're gonna have yeah. about a three day voyage through UPS before we get anywhere near home. Yeah. But Santa's going to do that for us. Yeah. Santa's got the full capability to deliver presents to every home in one night. But for some reason yeah. for us, he chooses UPS. He says he he says he doesn't <laughs> want to put the extra mileage on his sled 
And I honestly just sense. think that he's kind of being a jerk about it. It's, it's flat rate shipping. How could you turn that down? I mean, come on. <laughs> he says that if he were to take us, it would lower the resale value. So mm. anyway, <laughs> we have like a whole thing that yeah, we yeah. got to do. And Santa's like looking at me like, hey, stop talking about this stuff. So <laughs> he's doing the end of these. Like, I'm not cut. I'm not trying to get on the, the naughty <laughs> You're list. Good. You're good. So <laughs> back to what, what I was saying is like we had a lot of time to prepare for this. Uh and so in like my customary fashion, despite the fact that I had a lot of time, it wasn't until uh, the last episode that you did, Alex, where I actually came up with my topic. Um, so in your episodes, you like to propose questions at the beginning. You like I, yes. to get us involved. I famously made fun of myself for that last episode. Mm hmm. Uh, and the so, non-rhetorical questions, let me note that too. Yes. <laughs> That's a long-running bit that we have not yeah. seen in a while. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> <laughs> They're questions you're supposed to answer. That's the that's what non-rhetorical means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's <laughs> a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. It's such it's a, a joyous cut. place here. Yeah. <laughs> So in your last episode, Alex, you proposed the question to Nick and I, uh, what were some of our like favorite family holiday traditions? And one of the answers that I had was the thought of sitting down with my family to enjoy some of those classically, absolutely jankily animated Christmas (laughs) special movies. Um, I'm checking with the scorekeepers and jankly is... Okay, yes, they're going to allow it, but it mm-hmm. is not a word. Mm. It's still 14 points, so. Um, I mean. <laughs> but anyways, it includes old favorites like uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Yep. Frosty the Snowman. And Santa Claus is coming to town. What uh, about what about the, the year without a Santa Claus? That's that is also one. one. That is also yep. a really good one. Um, there's a whole, whole bunch of them that we may or may not discuss today. Uh, but yeah, so I figured after that, uh, despite having all that time to come up with the subject in my usual fashion, I said something and now that's my topic uh, just within two weeks. We were so. running from <laughs> a lot of Canadian. Uh, what are they called? Mounties. Mounties mm-hmm. on uh, they were on Mooseback and those things are yep. bigger than they look. So we were pretty much running the entire time. You really yeah, have yeah. no time to prepare. <laughs> that's not your fair. fault. Mooseback. Um, yeah, so. Let's take this real, real, real this right back into reality. Um, I figured us here together and along with the Westerners today, we could take a nice little horse drawn carriage down the snowy street of memory lane together. So Ooh, let's huh? make a cup of hot cocoa, hang the lights on the Christmas tree and cuddle up next to the fireplace. And let's entertain this. We're kicking Ooh. absolute Christmas ass at these intros. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, the th- the funny thing is, is like as you famously ask like questions for each of us at the beginning of yours, as Nick famously asks non-rhetorical rhetorical questions. Rhetorical uh, questions. Yeah, I famously you. never say the name of the show in my intros. We're breaking all the rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always forget to actually say the tagline and entertain this. In a uh, time of tradition, this. we're throwing caution to the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a new year, a time for us to change and uh, become better podcast hosts. 
which I think from the evidence of this one so far is not working out too well. It's going great. Are you kidding? We're doing our best. Did you hear the amount of editing that Nick put into our, our cold open? Oh my gosh. It really saved it. The cold open. That no, I mean, the, I mean the, this cold uh, open, the one that we just did. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I got to do it again. That's yep. right. <laughs> All right. So twice. let's, let's bring it back to, back to these, uh, animated movies. Um, <laughs> so, um, so real quick, when I, when I'm talking about these, do either of you guys understand, like know which, what movies I'm talking about? Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. So you, you both have seen a, them? It's oh, your tradition. Yes. Yeah. We had to, it's almost we had to impossible. Watch them every single year, every yeah. single year. That's what we did. Yeah, they they're usually on like ABC Family or yep. something like that. Like right days along of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, right alongside like the uh the three in a row reruns of all the Harry Potter movies. Right. Um, I must have missed that. Hmm. Oh, that happens every year, baby. Um I feel cheated. <laughs> but um yeah, so one of the things that I when I was starting to look into all of this that I found really interesting is so all of those movies are made by the same company. Um, which is called Rankin and Bass. Uh, now, have you two ever heard of that company name? No. Nope. Okay. So they, at the time, this was like in the 60s. This is in like from the early to late 60s. Uh, they were some of the pioneers for animation at the time, uh, whether that be through uh, stop motion or through uh, like cell animation, much akin to Disney. They were right there at the top, right alongside Disney and Hanna-Barbera. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. The one distinction that uh, Rankin and Bass had was that they didn't have a budget. <laughs> Is that and a good thing? Or when I say thing? they didn't have a budget, <laughs> I mean they didn't have a lot of money. <laughs> hmm. And so that kind of created this uh, unique art style uh, for especially their stop motion films um, where while like it was absolutely like revolutionary and while people were already doing stop motion stop motions I mean literally animation from back in the day is just another form of stop motion because mm -hmm. you take the like what um, oh what, what was his name the animator that we had on Ward Jenkins Yes, like what he was talking about with the the flipping uh, of the cells back and forth. Yeah, that um, tactile feel he said was so yeah, yeah. satisfying. Because what it, what it was yeah. was like you were literally drawing each frame out and you were taking a picture of each frame. So animation from the get go has always been just a different version of stop motion. Um, How tedious that must be. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. On both fronts, even like just flipping the book, like with the Captain Underpants novels. I used to. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but it was so satisfying. <laughs> I wonder how <laughs> many kids like were like doing as fast as they could and then like no more Captain oh, Underpants. Page. Yeah, I've, I, I had ripped uh, a good Captain Underpants pages. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> strong boy Michael always been strong boy. <laughs> Rips the entire book in half. It's It was more like me just like doing it over and over and over again to try and see how hard I could make Captain Underpants punch the bad guy. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, we go back to the 60s where we have these giants in the media uh, or of this medium in Disney and Hanna-Barbera. Each one of them is known for their own certain things. With Disney, it was just the impeccable quality. At this point, they had already put out like greats like Snow White. Um, oh, yeah. Good one. Yeah. And uh, Sleeping Beauty. 
Uh, and even today, like those that the animation from those films still pretty much holds up um, like quality wise. It's not going to be like nearly as crisp because you don't have like the high definition view that we have now. But as far as like the actual like art style and quality of like the lines and the motion throughout, it's just still impeccable. Um, Hanna-Barbera is like pretty much it doesn't have that same sort of like quality but it still holds weight to this day. Like you can go back and watch old episodes of Scooby-Doo and it's yeah, it's going to seem a little bit off, but like for the most part, like things still look really good. Like the characters are move very fluidly. The backgrounds are really well designed. Um, and there's just this overall level of like artisanship uh, to go along with it. Yeah. Um, Barbera is very, if you had to compare the two, if you had a dial and you wanted to make an animation, you'd probably crank up cartooniness to like maybe nine yeah. out of 10. And yeah, that's yeah. how you get Hanna-Barbera. You crank it all the way down more towards the art side of the dial if you wanted, say, a Disney cart or a Disney film mm-hmm. back in the day. So yeah. I enjoy both personally. There's, yeah, not yeah. one is better than the other. No, I'm and I'm absolutely right there with you. Like nothing beats like a good old episode of like Flintstones, like <laughs> when you tune in on like Boomerang and all Did that. they like, do Looney Tunes or was that a different studio? That was different. That Looney Tunes is Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Okay, yeah. that was another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tom and Jerry. Yep. Classics. The Animaniacs. <laughs> I love them. Yeah, they did. That's Warner Brothers. What is that? There's yeah. Amy to the max. They live in the yeah. Warner Brothers tower. Mm-hmm. They all show up in the new Space Jam, too. Uh, I'm so gonna I'm going to be that. logging out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, clocking out. I got a shift to work. They're going to make me yeah. make extra sketches. I forgot that mentioning the new uh, Space Jam is triggering to Alex. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Poor Alex. Yeah. But... Anyway, so aside from like the really like jank animation styles and all that um, due to the lack of budget uh, that uh, Rankin and Bass (laughs) movies had uh, specifically for their Christmas specials, which were not actually ever like fully released movies. They were just TV specials. Um, Oh, so they were meant to be kind of enjoyed in the same medium as like a Hanna-Barbera cartoon was, Uh, Mm -hmm. except they were usually given at like a specific time slot at like. 6 30 7 o'clock at night like there's only one tv in the house and the entire family needs to come together sit down and watch it all like all as one prime time Um, yeah exactly uh but what they were what they managed to do before any other studio did was integrate musical theater into their cartoons so back then they had like stop motion animation already like there were already people who were doing like live act like physical stop motion yeah yeah. like stop motion has essentially been a thing since like the 30s probably since the invention of film because back then it was the exact same was just flipping quickly through things that's how that's the origin of film but i guess the idea of like these posable like figures that they would slightly change i kind of always just assumed this was the first of that but finding out there was some before is interesting yeah, no, there there was lots before. It was just like, especially like within the like art community, mm-hmm. art the art community really took a hold of like claymation just because there were so many possibilities, and it was very easy for them to transition their skills with sculpture into, you know, just taking pictures of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this might be a little bit of a tangent, but I know those are encouraged on such episodes as these. Yeah, but go for it. There was, um, you remember Wallace and Gromit? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's you said claymation, and I was like, they were made out of clay. It's the same thing. Yeah, Wallace. Albeit, it's a little bit better done. 
<laughs> Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit is an example of really good stop motion animation. Yeah, like that's polished. You'd yeah, yeah. It's more polished than, say, uh, Rankin and Bass production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially for like when it came out in like the 90s or even like the late 80s. Um, <laughs> Wallace and Gromit like was just insanely good. Um, Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so actually like the the. If you were to go back and rewatch the like the Rankin and Bass uh, animated movies uh, or the stop motion movies, they're not claymation. There's a very important distinction. They're actually they use physical puppets Hmm. Um, Hmm. like I was watching a documentary about these people who uh, were able to get a hold of the original uh, puppets for Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And uh, they went through like. Like turns out like Rudolph and all the other deer, like their puppet bodies are just like little dowels of wood with felt over top of it. Uh, And what they did was they uh, like through the floor and through the body, they strung wires to be able to light up his nose. Um, Hmm. And then for like Santa, Santa's puppet is actually insane. Uh, It is all handcrafted solid wood. Uh, And then what they did was is in order to actually hook up all of the mechanisms for the puppetry, they cut the entire puppet like in half like this way, like uh, going straight down the sides, like arm to arm Mm -hmm. um, and then carved out the inside uh, and strung it all up through there. Uh, the, The issue comes into place, though, with like there they didn't have any molds or anything of it. So if you needed a new Santa, you had to recarve the entire thing by hand. <laughs> That's a lost art. People don't want to talk about that, but modeling and all that. Yeah. Like, sure, there's a there's a creepy old man in his basement doing like a model train layout or whatever. That's going to be me someday. But yeah, people don't think about that. You made like, the joke yeah. before I could, and I'm pretty upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to the punch. But yeah, it's a, all that like detail work with your hands. It's kind of like going out of vogue nowadays. So yeah, for I'll sure. to him. Well, and like a lot of the reason for that is just like, it's so much easier. Like it's, it's not just like, you know, you're done. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, but so all of these techniques and everything that they did, like while to us, it looks so off and janky, like the motions look like just stilted and (laughs) like not pleasant to look at, but it still fits for some reason. Um, all of that is still stuff that is studied today, uh, like especially when uh, you have the beginnings of like 3D animation and things like that. Like you can go to like a UC Berkeley or uh, what, what's the name of the I'm forgetting the name, the famous name of the college that all the Pixar animators went to. Um, but I feel like it was in Silicon Valley, wasn't it? Or near it's it? somewhere. It's definitely in California. Um, I'm pretty sure it's California Institute. I for don't the know. Arts. That could be a question for our fact checker, Chloe. Where it, all that we know is Pixar that University. the room that they all <laughs> learned animation in was room like A one one eight, right? And right, it's right. it's that college. But yeah. I'm sure Chloe will pop Cal in. And, that's what it is. Uh, oh, I, that's I got Chloe's right. job. Uh, <laughs> you don't Google stuff. That's what she's here no, for. No, I didn't Google it. I didn't Google it. I just was thinking through. It. I was like, it's California something. California Institute. But for the Chloe arts. did also come into the, our little internal chat here and fixed it up for me. God bless. Um, yeah, it's appreciated. Um, She's not here in the North Pole with us right now because she had an audition, but yeah. um, we're sending her love from the North yeah. Pole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so all of the like puppetry, all of the like the animation, that was all stuff that was studied very heavily, especially at like CalArts or UC Berkeley or any of these other uh, prestigious animation colleges. Um, hmm. And the funny thing is, is that so many people were like heavily, heavily inspired by all this work. And to the point where like people were graduating and creating entire portfolios and they were like specifically in mind with the goal of wanting to go work at like Rankin and Bass. Um, hmm. And the problem is, though, is that they would go to the Rankin and Bass office in New York City, present their portfolio and they'd be like, yeah, this is actually this is absolutely incredible. Uh, your work is really, really good, but we can't hire you. Oof. Uh, they can't afford you. Not that they can't afford them. They actually had every single bit of puppetry and shooting for their move for those uh, those movies done in Japan. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> so they actually had like the puppets were crafted in Japan. The entire movies were shot in Japan. They basically what they would do is they would. Um, that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because uh, puppetry is like a is an ancient like, you know, cultural thing over there. So like huh. they've been crafting and carving puppets for ages on ages on ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they were trying to save a buck that way. You know how no, people offshore stuff? That was just like they found uh what it was is the like Rankin and Bass, the actual people. They were on a trip to Japan and they somehow came in contact with one of these studios and that began no negotiations around like what they could do for them. And that one of those culminations ended up being these Christmas movies. Hmm. Um, oh, car me impressed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just like, it's really, really cool because like you go back to that time period and it turns out like even back in the sixties, we've been watching anime. <laughs> Well, How <laughs> did you do it? How? <laughs> How did you make this an episode about anime? How do you sleep at night, Michael? <laughs> this sucks. This sucks. I was having such a good time. This sucks. I'm here for it. Let's hear it. That's okay. It sucks. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and it's actually like really cool because like you can go back and rewatch like some it's of the It's even movies. Japanese anime. This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to tell me that A Year Without a Santa Claus is a anime movie? It's a Japanese anime. <laughs> it's Japanese animation. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's it, one of the, some of the funny things about it, though, is like they you can go Easter back. They made Easter ones, too, right? Sorry. I don't think they did any Easter yeah, ones. I think they made an Easter one. That's ringing a very faint bell, but I, I spent a lot of time today looking at their entire like moviography. Uh, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking filmography. Of that's the word. Um, yeah, maybe the, I'm the thinking of something crossing. else too. Uh, yeah, they had <laughs> they had movies in Japan, and it was made there, and it's anime. Uh, everything's anime. Um, okay. <laughs> now that we've got that established, um, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, but one of the cool things that you'll notice is that if you go back and watch like. Um, Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, mm -hmm. There is a scene in the movie where um, Jessica, the woman who's like the teacher yep. uh, who Chris Kringle falls in love with. Mm -hmm. um, there's a moment where she's singing and she's going around a fountain. She looks at her reflection in the fountain and it is just straight up an anime woman. Like 
drawn in cartoon, huh. uh, like Japanese style. Um, and it create and it's the start of this whole like psychedelic merging of like 2D animation along with the 3D uh, stop motion of uh, the puppet. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's really cool because you can actually go back and see the Japanese influence on all this stuff. Um, but that's kind of just like a thing for me. I just like the fact that like it's a, it's an excuse for me to call it anime. Um, <laughs> Which it is. Yeah, it okay. is. <laughs> Here's what I found. The Easter Bunny is coming to town. Mm-hmm. Is a 1977 <laughs> stop motion animated musical television special produced by Rankin and Bass. Mm, would you look at that? Narrated by Fred Astaire, Tom Holland. Hey. So guess what? This is an episode about Spider-Man. Well, I was going to get there, too, because Fred Astaire is also the narrator for Santa's coming to town. He's the hey. postman at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah, he's the postman in the Easter one, too. Yeah. Oh, so it's the same guy. It's the same guy, same character. Oh, well, <laughs> and so what's funny about that, too, is like, so... uh these Rankin and Bass movies, they were the first to really land like superstar actors and talent to be the voices in their movies. Wow. Um, yeah. Like he's uh, the reason why Dwayne the Rock Johnson is now playing Crypto the Super Dog. Yep. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's the yeah, they're the reason why Chris Pratt is Mario. Um <laughs> hate it here. Yeah. Yeah. This well. stupid boiling rock <laughs> that we're stuck on. <laughs> It's okay. We'll be on we on Mars soon enough. Yeah, but there's no North Pole on Mars. Is there a different Santa on no, Mars? No, there, there literally is a North Pole on Mars. There's a North Pole, there's a is South that, Pole. Is there there's another an Santa on Mars? They got mountains. They got valleys. They got dust. Mm-hmm. They got what? They, they don't, they're working on water. I don't know if they got piping yet. Nah, they ain't got no pipe. Let's continue. <laughs> no pipe on Mars. Mars Sad needs face. a good piping. <laughs> Guys, we're up good. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about Christmas. Eyes right now. <laughs> I know. I see him. I'm, I can see. I can see the curvature of the M and the I going right down on his naughty list. Um, <laughs> oh, damn, my, my. Um, but yeah. Chloe, so they, Chloe they just was, canceled us with one L. Great. <laughs> canceled. Yep. You guys have been canned. <laughs> I'm still on the nice list, fortunately. So far. So far, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You might be guilty by association. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here, so. <laughs> Santa, very tough grader. Um, yeah, so one of the, some of the things that we like keep like seeing as a pattern with all this is that, like, yeah, while well, they had like a really low budget and uh, like their animation styles like jank and uh, some things don't line up. Uh, but they were very innovative for the time, uh, like with being the first to like really reach out and use like Japanese artistry um, for like the centerpieces of their films, as well as like getting uh, big actors as their uh, their voice actors, getting um, integrating musical theater into their films. I mean, it's it makes complete sense, though, like for these movies, because they're all based off of Christmas songs. Hmm. Uh, you got Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Um, yeah which actually it was a short story before it was a song and then they made the movie with the song oh i was thinking it was the chicken and the egg thing where the Mm. 
the movie came first and then the song came out later. And no, uh, no. And that's specifically done that way. Um, and what you'll notice is when you're watching like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, there's moments throughout the movie where they directly reference the the song. Mm. So they're but they do it not just by like singing the song, which they usually save that for like the end of the movie. Sure. Um, but what they'll do is is like when Rudolph is born at the beginning of the movie. Um, and I need to rewatch these things. His nose lights up. <laughs> they're actually still really good. Um, they're quality like a, films. They're really good in a bad way, uh, but that makes them really charming. Better than being um, really bad in a good way. Really bad in a good, like a Hallmark movie. Oh, I would have said same, same, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so like at the beginning of the movie when he's born, uh, his mom goes, uh, like oh my gosh his nose is shining so bright uh uh oh how does the song go rudolph how do very shiny there you go we're through it yeah yeah uh <laughs> it's like the yeah he's like song. his you mom said uh <laughs> abc elemento uh. yeah 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 uh his mom goes his nose it's so shiny and his dad goes i would even say it glows <laughs> <laughs> and then all and the it, other reindeer come in and laugh and call him names no, yeah. that's, that's and later. then they that's kick later. him really late, hard later, when he tries to play with them. So later, <laughs> later, what happens is like while he's being bullied and being called all these names, you get like Rudolph going like, "Stop calling me all these names!" And like they like take, let me play your reindeer games. You about your yeah. bullies? <laughs> or when Santa finally comes to his senses after uh, after Rudolph, now the Chad reindeer comes in and <laughs> steals the hottest girl from the village. Uh, Chad Santa defends helpless uh, virgin rain- no, it's, it's, helpless no, virgin reindeer against beta cucks. Not beta, beta cuck Rudolph. No, Rudolph is the Chad now. He went on oh, a spiritual right. journey. He, he started the- off as a beta cuck though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, he, yeah. Rudolph is an anime hero. Yeah. <laughs> Who also, <laughs> when Rudolph made it through that blizzard in the animated Rudolph movie, that was him going Super Saiyan and. And I stand by that. Yeah, yeah. Discovering the Chad. <laughs> what? Um, you know, I love this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> this might be the most like our normal everyday conversations episode we've ever had. <laughs> you really turn. You really turn this around. I really love. Yeah. I really love the whole anime. He's on board with ju- it now. The whole Japanese yeah. anime thing. Now, in the course of five minutes, he's done a complete one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, and that's exactly you. what you're referring to when you say this is the most like a regular everyday conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I like ice cream now. Yeah. <laughs> I like ice cream. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm just gaslighting, you know. Just a little casual Canceled gaslighting. with one L. <laughs> Not again. Chloe's showing me how many L's she typed with her middle finger. <laughs> two. <laughs> one, um, two. <laughs> but yeah, so like, just as a quick recap, we all know how Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer goes. We know the song. Uh, so if you know the song, you I can pretty much guess song, how this Michael. movie goes. Sing what? it to me. What's, what? what's not I don't know the song, the, I don't want to get sued. <laughs> you can't get sued for singing Rudolph. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's not public domain. All right, fact check, Chloe. We need to no, know if it Rudolph's is. public I just domain. Don't want to sing the song. <laughs> I looked it, it up beforehand. It. it is public domain, and I don't want to sing it. What if we help? <sighs> We're not doing it, Mike. Alex, not Michael. 
<laughs> if you want to sing the song, Alex, you, you be my do freaking a guest. Virtual Christmas caroling. This is gonna be awful for the sinking. In our, <laughs> it's gonna be an absolute nightmare. From our home to theirs, a little Christmas sing along. No, Alex, we're not doing it. Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. If you want, right now, if you want, right now our listeners are on the edge of their seats to see if I can turn this around. <laughs> okay, how about this? After we're done, I'll do my own recording of it and send it to Nick to put into the episode. <laughs> okay, do your own recording and then put it in the drive so that I can do a harmony to it, and then oh Nick God. will, Nick will like do beatboxing or electric guitar oh my god he could shred on the electric guitar <laughs> guys oh, no it's okay. getting out of hand this is Just what's stop. happening right <laughs> now i will you send me your recordings i'll it listen to happen. them i'll say they're very nice and i will not put them in the episode <laughs> okay so that's not happening okay well he gets final well, say you know so. what, christmas album guys we'll do it here let's do it okay let's do it one line at a time are you ready? No, no. I, Alex, <laughs> I have an episode to get through. Yeah, but you told me your notes beforehand. You already made it all the way through them. Yeah, but just because it wasn't my notes doesn't mean I don't got it up in my noodle. No! All right, so uh, we all know how Rudolph goes. Alex, we don't need a demonstration. Hey, we got it. Get him off, get him off. Somebody cut his mic. That's right. Join in. The other reindeer. You still have to call him names. Like dipshit. <laughs> well, that's a jingle bell. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you get the point. That's for the that that's a dollar in the jingle jar. <laughs> that's a dollar in the jingle jar. Yeah, you know. Oh my god. Will the boys ever make it onto the nice list? Keep listening to find out. <laughs> Spoiler alert. No. No, no they do all podcast. What do you do? All three of us have already put our names on the naughty list. Yeah, in this like one a, episode. At this point, Santa is like forcing us to write our own names so that we can feel more shame about it. Mm. He has that like pen from Harry Potter where we write our own name on the naughty list and it like carves it into our hands because he's Ooh, a sick yeah. guy. He's yeah, a yeah. sicko. Give me coal. I'll just put it in a steam train. I don't care. Yeah, you'd love coal because you'd be like, train. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean they don't take creative liberties. I mean, it's a minute 15 long song like you gotta you gotta stretch that out into a 30 minute feature film that's a short um, song wow yeah this is a very short one uh so we get lots of like brand new characters brand new songs all that stuff but what they did they ended up getting the creator the guy who wrote rudolph the red-nosed reindeer the song to come in and write for every other song in the movie. So it all oh. is like nice and cohesive. That's lovely. Um, so we wow. got like Silver and Gold, the song that the the snowman who's played by Burl Ives, the folk singer, uh, sings after we inter- get introduced to the greatest character of all time. Yukon uh, <laughs> Cornelius? Mr. Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> Yahoo! He's a little biased, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> He throws the pick in the air. What do you mean it's a little biased? <laughs> Just feels a little biased is all. Nothing. <laughs> what is he, are you gonna tell me that the the little elf who wants to be a dentist is the best character? He's you not. Dream. You, you should dream big. You should dream big, and you shouldn't let anyone stop you. <laughs> I don't want to be a dentist. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Your name's not Crentist. 
<laughs> yeah, Krintus. <laughs> you, I, I would definitely say though that Yukon Cornelius is the best character in the show. You get his yeah, like okay, but what about all the Island of Misfit Toys toys? Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. What about Do they the yell and scream man? about gold out of nowhere and then lick their pickaxe to see if they found any? <laughs> it's funny. This is one of those moments where you've turned me around. Yeah. I'm on your side now. Big burly bearded man. Uh, I like him. I like his quirks. Yeah, yeah. I like how quirky he is. He seems <laughs> unstable. I love that. In a yeah, yeah. And he and he sacrifices himself. Spoiler alert. He sacrifices himself to save Rudolph and the little uh, the little the little, yes, Chloe. I would imagine he's very oh, no. pop. I would imagine he's very popular in the bear community. Um, Outed. Yep. Um, <laughs> Um, Chloe's Christmas it. gift this year is to be put on blast, and I'm so sorry. That's not that a put on blast. She's to just providing good, in, good, good cultural information. Um, I could see it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Um, Where's the plaid? He's nice and heavy set. Yeah, but he Got sacrifices nice himself to save Rudolph and the little dentist elf. Does he uh, die? He he go he. They're trying to escape from the abominable snowman who is <laughs> trying to get in Rudolph in their way to get back to the North Pole during the middle of the snowstorm. Um, so Yukon Cornelius, after going toe to toe with the abominable snowman, he tackles it uh, over the a cliff, uh, only mm. to never see them again. Until uh, uh, <laughs> until we're back at the we're back at the North Pole. Rudolph has come and saved the day. And Santa uh, has performed a resurrection spell. No, Yukon Cornelius comes. <laughs> it's Easter dummy. <laughs> comes walking right up on in there uh, with the abominable snowman tied up right behind him. Because he's a he's a damn hero. He's an absolutely <laughs> damn hero. He came in and he reformed the abominable snowman. Uh, that is a theme in all of these movies, though. Um the bad guy is never like killed. There's no like, they, they make a very serious point to not even use like slapstick comedy towards the villain or anything. It's like mm. the worst thing that happens to any of the villains is when uh, in Santa Claus is coming to town when uh, the Burgermeister Meister uh, Meister Burger Meister Burger Burgermeister. Yeah. Bur- Burgermeister Meister Burger. Yeah. 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 The worst thing that happens to like physically to any of these characters is when he steps on a toy to start the entire plot of that movie. Yeah. He breaks his leg. Yeah. Well, he breaks his foot. I don't know. He breaks something. He, 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 yeah, he, he, he hurts, heart. he hurts his foot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> arguable to what extent. Um, <laughs> It's in a cast. It's yeah, yeah. He, well, <laughs> he breaks his pride is what he does. Yes. Yeah. Um, anything else, it's his pride. <laughs> we all agree on that. But so he, yeah. So like they make it a really big point to not actually ha- harm any of the villains that all of the villains in like true Christmas spirit, they are able to be like redeemed and be able to find the good in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this case, you may ask like, how is an abominable snowman reformed? What does that even mean? Well, Yukon Cornelius, in true 1960s uh, American fashion, convinced the abominable snowman that he needs a job. Uh, <laughs> he needs a job? Yep. He is a good-hearted person now, and he ne- because of that, he needs a job, and so he goes to work at Santa's factory. You know what his job is? Making toys? Nope. His like, singular uh, job is to put the star on top of the Christmas tree because all yeah. the elves are too damn short. Oh, yeah, that is his job. It's one of my favorite scenes because Yukon Cornelius 
comes busting in is like he can do this and he puts the the christmas uh, the star on top of the tree and all the yells are just like oh my they're like punching each other they're like ripping their clothes off they're like running around it's a giant mess they can't deal they're like losing it's an absolute mob they destroyed christmas that year yeah (laughs) they burned the factory down they had to rebuild it was it was disgusting yeah (laughs) oh one of the other things about this movie too that i just remembered is that santa in the entire movie is skinny yeah Yeah, he's a skinny Santa all the way. Like, and it's a running joke that like uh, Mrs. Claus is like he's she's trying to fatten Santa up to be able to go out uh, and (laughs) deliver the present. (laughs) No, mama. (laughs) Um, And so like right as he's about to go deliver the presents after Rudolph has already saved the day, it's literally just like, okay, Santa turns around and he's now fat. Um, Yep. But uh, but yeah, and I it's one of the funny things about this movie, though, is that like so you get Rudolph who comes in and is like antagonized the entire movie. He's like bullied and him alongside the little dentist elf. Uh, <laughs> and like their entire thing is like, OK, Rudolph is not like useful. Like he his nose gets in the way and it's like bothersome. The dentist, he's like, uh, I want to make toys. I want to be a <laughs> dentist. Um Total downer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's just like, well, then you're fired. Uh, it's like, there's, you can't a separate, quit. there's a separate universe out there where we get like the, the dark, edgy story of the like dentist elf who's like, I'm oh, sort yeah. of working for these freaking children. I want to cause them pain. So it doesn't give me a day off. I, I want to be a dentist. He only has to work one day out of the year. <laughs> 364 days off yep that's him <laughs> we get one day of vacation all year no better telling me that there was a job position where all i had to do was put the freaking star on the tree <laughs> <laughs> that's why and nobody deal. told me to apply so much for moving up in the company santa <laughs> I love the idea of like middle management in the North Pole. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I want to I want to get like office spaces, like uh, the movie Office Space, but in like elf oh, culture no. in the North Pole. We can pitch it to Santa while we're here to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't like make that the plot of one of the the Santa Claus movies with Tim Allen. Okay, hold on, hold on. Trademark, 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 trademark. We're trademarking this idea. We're going to write this script, but later on down the line, maybe in 20 or 30 oh, years, no. doesn't matter. But if you make this movie, I'm going to play this in the courts and you're going to pay me money. So so don't make an office spaces for for elves and don't make it a Christmas movie. That's our thing. Okay, okay? our thing. I was like, are you are you like singularly taking this right no, now? No, like, no, are you no, 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 out of the three of us? Are I'm you calling dibs right now? I'm talking to the audience. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> They're not allowed to make it. It's ours now. That's our intellectual property. Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't have enough flair on your vest. <laughs> Uh, you missed some uh, stitching here and here. Uh. <laughs> so we've been yeah. doing on a, we've we've been doing our annual uh, cheer test. If you could just um, put a little dust in this cup. <laughs> Did you put the cover sheet on these new elf reports? <laughs> well, it seems like you didn't carry the one when you were counting the people on the nice list. That's a demerit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
That would be a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make it. Yep. What do um, you mean you caught fire to all of the wooden rocking horses? <laughs> Come on, Santa. No one likes them anyway. Nobody's happy to get it's a wooden vo- rocking horse. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, trademark, trademark, trademark. We're yeah. making this now. <laughs> um, But yeah, and... So throughout this entire movie, it's like Rudolph is getting bullied. Like even his dad, like from the moment he's born is like, <laughs> is like trying to cover up his imperfections. Like if you remember, he puts the little like black cap over his nose. I uh, thought it was shoe polish. Shoe, shoe no, 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 no. Like it's an actual like cap he puts over oh. it. Cause then like Rudolph, it has to talk like he closed his nose and he sounds all stuffed. He does sound like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and his dad's basically like, you're worthless. You're worthless. You gotta be on Santa's sled. It's only eight reindeer. You better set yourself apart. And then all the other reindeer are bullying him and all that. Um, and That's so, rough. but at the end, it's kind of weird and bittersweet because Rudolph does get to join the sled and like he's now like sung as like a hero, but in like kind of a messed up way, the message of the movie is essentially people aren't going to like you until you're useful. <laughs> Yeah, it tracks for the 60s. Yeah. And like <laughs> as, even going down to like the elf, like the little elf guy, like he his whole thing was like that he didn't want to make toys and he wanted to be a dentist. Well, no one needed a dentist at the North Pole until he <laughs> took the tooth out that was bothering the abominable snowman. Mm, I think they need a dentist. You yeah. got those candy canes around. Come on. You cookies, think so. Santa? They probably built up a natural immunity at that point. <laughs> Just plaque everywhere yeah. on their teeth. If I walked up to one of you guys and I was like, I think I want to be a dentist now. Open your mouth. You'd be like, no. No. Because there's a certain <laughs> amount of education that goes into becoming a dentist that I don't well, think they provide in the North Pole. And that's mm-hmm. one of the funniest things about the movie, too, is like when he first like introduces himself to, to Rudolph, he's like, oh, I, this is my, I'm a dentist. And Rudolph was like, a dentist? And he's like, well... <laughs> I want to be that? a dentist. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we're is. we're 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 committing like medical impersonation now. Okay, that's a felony. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a doctor, by the way. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure you are. Sure. See, I'm I'm not read up on uh, North Pole North Pole laws. Um, Could you imagine if in the scene with <laughs> the abominable down. snowman, he was like, they're like, you're a dentist, fix him, and he's like in the mouth, he's like. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> I've never done this before. Oh, no. I like the idea of like a super gruesome version where it's like the abominable snowman. The abominable snowman. <laughs> no, 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 no. He- no, I was thinking like I was thinking like the abominable snowman <laughs> goes and like eats like eats an elf and it's just like hanging there and it's like, like you you're a dentist you know how mouths work fix him and it's like he's, <laughs> he's in the, the mouth it's like half the elf is still in the mouth half the elf <laughs> is laying on the ground they're like fix him dentist <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh oh no he's like yeah. I think I no. ain't a bigger no, scalpel. No, no. <laughs> Holy smokes. Uh, anyway, write that down. That's going be, in yeah, our Christmas to be movie, too. about Christmas movies. So. We are talking about we're <laughs> yeah, going to make I the next it. one the in the same style. Snowman. <laughs> the That's nothing. Scrap that. Okay, scrap Jeff. that. Get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. That's how we bring in the, the furry view. Yeah, he's, he's a hunk. Yeah. <laughs> Never skips ab day. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Someone Anyways. else can have that one. Yeah, 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 that's fine. Um, <laughs> I'll edit in laughter so it's funnier later. <laughs> yeah, that'll make it funny. You've had that power this whole time? 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, hold uh, on, wait. I want to test this out. Hey, hey, Michael. Yeah. Uh, what's a naughty kid's favorite favorite music to listen to? I don't know. What is it? Coldplay. Coldplay. Mm. Did you put in the laugh track? Uh, maybe I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. That's that. <laughs> so I get anxiety for Christmas. That's yeah. <laughs> that's it's Nick's gift to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's he gonna say next? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> but. So if we if we like think about it and look back on all these movies though, like we can remember some of the ridiculous plot moments. We can like we like we can remember like like oh like the only reason why Yukon Cornelius and the abominable snowman like they survive is because turns out Bobbitables bounce. Um <laughs> yeah, uh things like that. Um but the real thing that ends up always has always like stuck with me from these movies is the the music. Um like you got I'm like Mr. Breeze Blister. I'm Mr. Snow. <laughs> That's a year without a Santa Claus. Different movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, we're talking movie, about all of them. Still. Yeah, yeah. We're on topic. Yeah, we're good. I'm yeah, yeah. Mr. Hundred Below. <laughs> I'd be the heat miser. That's me. That's my Why? cosplay. Is there a reason? I like hot. Uh, especially this winter time, it's been super cold. Sometimes I think you're setting up bits and then you don't do it. <laughs> they just go nowhere. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's the personification of me. I, I'd, I'd be the heat miser. Here, check this out. Ready? Yep. You know, out of everyone, I think that I would be the uh, the freeze miser. Yeah? Yeah. Because I'm so cool. Okay. And that's a bit. That's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I wonder if airline food's even that good. Can I make it Christmas? Uh, you ever travel to your grandma's house in the snow and you get airline food in, in the sleigh? <laughs> I don't know where this is going. Hold on. Hold on. Nick, what's this is now with... turning into an improv class. What, yeah, what's that the deal was good. with airline food? Anyway, I mean, <laughs> you go down through the river and through the woods and to grandma's house you go and hopefully the food's better there. Am I right? <laughs> okay, I'll count it. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Back to you, Michael. <laughs> oh god <laughs> um so yeah so like the big one that always stuck out to me with like rudolph the red-nosed reindeer is silver and gold uh the song <laughs> sung by the 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 snowman um but there's one song in particular from uh santa claus is coming to town that has always really stuck with me that snowman makes a cameo on elf he does that snowman mm. makes a cameo in a lot of places because these movies are so iconic true yeah um like i remember there was at one point a nickelodeon commercial where it's literally just like a female new jersey version of the snowman uh oh i think we remember that yeah yeah uh <laughs> like i've been here for i've been here for like a thousand years <laughs> uh and it's great um yeah <laughs> but uh the one song that i ha that has always stuck with me is the one from Santa Claus is coming to town called uh, one foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one is... foot in front of the other. Mm -hmm. and soon you'll be walking out the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. Um, yep. New sing along out of you too. We get a verse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's from the 
So it's Chris Kringle. So the, this entire movie is about the origins of Santa Claus. Uh, <laughs> it could be a Marvel film if you think it about could be. It. Uh, and he has to go from his family's house where he is a part of the Kringle family, a, a family full of uh, old small people who make toys. Um, and he <laughs> wants to go to the nearby somber town to deliver the toys to make the sad kids happy. Um, and uh, in order to get there, he has to cross through the 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 winter mountain that is uh, that belongs to the winter warlock, uh, which like if you go and watch that, watch the movie now, it's like, oh, OK, cool. This is literally like the Ice King from Adventure Time, <laughs> like down to like the exact design. Um, He's kind of scary, if I remember correctly. I yeah, was yeah. when I watched it. Oh, he's very scary. He's yeah. very scary. And it's not until like Chris is old and he comes and the winter warlock is finally like, you can't go down there anymore. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> that okay. Chris Kringle gives him a toy train. That, um, cause even the, the coldest hearts enjoy trains. True. Um, and all of a sudden he's like, he warms up and his like icy facade drops. He still keeps like all of the, the ice clothing, but like he goes from this ice monster to like an actual person. Uh, yeah. which all it took was a train. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so he just had to like, the whole thing is like, all right, cool. Like the first step towards like being a new person following this theme of, uh, villain, the villains being rebirthed, uh, being a, becoming a new good person is that he just has to take one step because he hasn't moved in hundreds, if not thousands of years. Oh, and, cause he's frozen. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and so the whole song is like him taking these steps towards becoming a better person. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite parts about it is like it, the entire song is written in like, like standard, like four, four time signature. Uh, As most songs are. <laughs> right. Uh, but then you get to when the, the warlock has to start walking. They end up switching to, I believe what's called, what's called like a seven, three time signature, which is like specifically made for, um, like having like a very staggered sound. Uh, like it's meant to sound almost like someone like limping through the song. Uh, yeah. Seven, eight has that effect on a lot of things because it, it's, it's four beats. It depends on how you count it. You can count it like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, or you can do four and three, which kind of gives it this kind of jaunty feel to the, to the song itself. So. Yeah. It's, it's not like seven and eight. It's like something really weird. Um, like in the like, weird time signatures. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause it's like, cause like put one foot it could be five, four. in front of the other and soon you'll be walking out. And it's just like, it feels so weird, but like once you have it matched up with the visuals, it fits perfectly. Yeah. It might even be a, a thing where they do the, what is it called? They, they like modulate the the actual rhythm of the song. So yeah. you know how most songs are like 120 beats a minute or whatever. Right. They might like slow it down and speed it up a little bit, but I, I see what you mean. Definitely. It can have that kind of limping. Yeah. Feel to it. Yeah. And it's meant to be like the symbology of like him actually taking those first few steps in his struggle and actually getting there. Yeah. Um, and I just think that like, it's really cool that these movies that because they had these small budgets, they had to get so creative with like, every other possible aspect yeah. um, to make up for it. That's and really, really, cool. really that's why like, I think these movies still stand the test of time. Like I, before this episode today, while I was working, I went through and I watched all of these movies and <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. They're still good. 
They're still very good. They they're definitely like get much more of a laugh now than they did when I was a kid, but they're still great. And you can still see like all the heart and passion they put into these movies. Uh, it just yeah. makes him fills you up with the Christmas spirit. <laughs> they're quotable the Christmas too. Spirit. Oh, very. We were just we were just quoting them right now, like uh, the whole eat Santa eat thing, and then yeah. <laughs> one foot in front of the other, and Yukon Cornelius being a meme. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're just you know timeless. They are. There's no other way around it. They really are, and yeah, and it's just really cool to see like these movies that like they originally had to like advertise them strictly off of like star power. Like the, the like with being the first movies that actually had like proper actors that people knew about, um, that was the pool. And now because these movies were actually so good and people love them, nobody knows who Burl Ives is anymore. Mm. They don't really. Um, I, I have no idea who that is, and I consider myself to be like, <laughs> yeah, the the, the masses. He, yeah, he used to be. He was a like really popular like folk singer. Uh, yeah, like a deep baritone, bassy kind of voice. Yeah, yeah. And, like everyone uh, knew him back then, so they tuned into these like these specials to watch these movies. And now, uh, sixty near, like yeah, sixty years later, basically, we're still watching these movies not because we know who these people are, but because just the quality of the movies are so good. And they we just kind of got stuck with it. Yeah, the and they, if they just mean so much to everyone, like because it just because it, it is like it is taking that tradition of coming together as a family, but in front of the TV to experience something together that reminds them about like the good parts of Christmas. And it just is that being passed down from generation to generation. Yeah. I mean, our parents probably watched them when they were growing up too. Yeah. For so sure. Like, Oh, you got to watch this. And I yeah, was thinking it was a, a Hollywood little production. Like, you know, no. anything, uh, I was going to say the poor express again, but I didn't want to make anyone angry. Um, <laughs> I was expecting like a full Hollywood yeah. production of like there's Tom Cruise and he's swinging from a vine and he's shooting people and no it's just claymation. Yeah, here Nick, this might upset you. Uh, this in my upset. in in my opinion, no. <laughs> these movies show more heart than any single moment of the Polar Express. Correct. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good. Uh, <laughs> I think that we can probably end the podcast on that because yeah. that's the I'm first time the you. three of us have agreed on something. <laughs> Especially in regards to trains. Especially Look, I'm just in regards there for the train. to trains. I've said this before. Poor Express, I said before I'm there for the I'll train. say it again. If the Polar Express was a bus, I wouldn't have watched that shit. Nope. If it was a bus, a car, a tank, a, anything. The Polar, the Polar Express was a boat, I would have sunk it. Yeah. The Polar Express like was a bus, I'd have, I'd have drunk it. I don't know. I'd, I'd have sunk that too. <laughs> and drove anyway, it off a bridge. Great job, Michael. Yeah, thank you. Well Absolutely you. killing the game. Now. <laughs> yeah, you made me crave watching them, which means you did your job. Yep. And you know what? I think I will entertain this. Um, Ooh, oh, <laughs> that's right. Damn, so spicy. The holiday season is full of glee. It's full of surprises, and we have a mm -hmm. surprise for you. Or maybe it's not a surprise. It's a quick this. This oh. week, it's Nick. Watch him do the point thing. Oh, it's do me. the point thing. What's the point thing? Do I have to me? Yep. Yeah, there it is. Who me? Yeah. Yep. Me? Moi? That's you. That's your thing. Ma, me, oh, huh? The people yes, who are watching our, our visual podcast. Well, first off, they're in on a couple of the Christmas secrets that I won't unveil to you listening to the podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. But they also enjoy when Nick does that thing where he goes, "Who? Who me?" <laughs> and he points to himself. 
It's yeah. I don't, hey, you I get a quick it's an ongoing, I do. I do. Um, does somebody have a timer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Timer. <laughs> I barely know her. We're full bits today, <laughs> and I love it. Let me know when you're ready. <clears throat> okay, go ahead. Go. To start my quick this, I'd like you to think of the Western world's typical holiday traditions, be it a celebration of Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, Christmas, or whatever you celebrate in your neck of the woods. But consider the strange things that we do around this time, like decorating our homes with evergreens, or hanging up wreaths on our doors, or hanging stockings at the fireplace. And now picture one of the things you might put under your tree. Maybe there's a little Christmas-themed village, fake presents, or maybe you might even have a train going around underneath your festive conifer. But have you ever stopped to think about why we do that or any of those silly traditions? Santa doesn't ride a train to town, and we all know he drives his Mercedes around uh, the Honda Day season. So what gives? Well, it's mostly because of tradition, as we just mentioned, but it's always done uh, by the family around this time of year. And how did it start? So maybe I can answer that question in today's quick this all about the trains underneath the tree. You're actually not allowed to talk about trains, and we definitely talked about this when we let you do your train episode. <laughs> so I'm not going to let time. you shoehorn this in. One more time. Um, <laughs> this is your Christmas present from me. <laughs> Thank you so much. You that was get very to, kind. You get to talk about this train. What? One more. And Just this is the time. last time you get to use trains as a topic. After that, I'll talk about the band train. <laughs> That's fine. That's fair. I saw them live once. They were great. Continue. Me too, yeah. Wow. Um, the answer to this question begins with a, a theory, has some psychology, some religion, some history involved even too. But it's theorized in the mid-1700s that a group of Protestant Christians called the Moravians settled in the Lehigh Valley in Beth Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, where they used to set up these nativity scenes in their homes, and they called them putzen, which is the German word for decoration around the holiday season. These displays were enlarged year after year to include some biblical scenes that were not captured as often, like such as the exchange between King Herod and the three wise men after Jesus was born. In the mid-1800s, people will create a village at the base of their tree um, with items such as model farmhouses fashioned after their own dwellings uh, over top some burlap or some moss underneath that tree. So... Around this time, cast iron toys came onto the scene in the late 1800s in the forms of, you know, homes, carriages, fire stations, you, you name it, is made out of cast iron. And even trains, too, they came on the scene. And they, once again, earned their presence underneath the tree. But what did every town have at the center of, of it back then? It, it, was a, it was a train station, right? And this is even before the Lionel Corporation manufactured their first electric toy train at the turn of the century. Lionel, going back, Lionel, going did, back, Lionel, going back, Lionel, going back. <laughs> subliminal messaging. Do you guys um, remember the Lionel Coin Bank? No. no. Am I the only one who has this memory? Probably. Probably. I don't think I'm from here. <laughs> <laughs> so around the turn of the century, the uh, Lionel Corporation manufactures their first electric toy train. Um, and back then, little boys didn't want wind-up toy cars because they had never even seen an automobile around that time. The big machines that they knew and loved were locomotives, and trains were the only methods of transportation that the general public had really known around that time. So once Lionel started making electric-powered toy trains, they were an instant success. People sought these out as presents for their sons, and maybe they just got excited on Christmas Day. They just they just couldn't handle it, and they, they had to set up the trains right underneath the tree that very day when Santa had just visited the night before. But again, that's just a theory. Um, 
this marketing to dads and their sons really hits a fever pitch all throughout the pre-war and post-war years. And everybody knew of Lionel as the only brand that that could suit all your electric toy needs. And after all that, what's more cool than operating your own train, albeit just a little smaller than the real deal? <laughs> Um, and there's, there's these things called scales. Of course, there's, there's O scale, which Lionel trains are now, and that's one forty eighth the size of a real train. Um, there's HO scale, which is half of O. See what they did there with the HO and that's one eighty seventh scale. Um, so those are just a couple numbers you might want to keep in mind if you're going to put a, put a railroad around your tree. Um, but I mean, there's other scales and some bigger, some smaller, you can go into it. It's a rabbit hole that I'm offering up to you on this, on this blessed day. Um, but what I really wanted to discuss on this quick this is all the great times that I've had with a small scale model railroader uh, every Christmas as a kid and even today. Uh, there's something about the smell of pine, those warm electronics that really brings me back to the first time that I got to operate the throttle on a simple ring of track around the tree all those years ago. And it would be too easy to dismiss trains around the tree as just another quaint holiday tradition that we just do because that's what we've always done for Christmas. But what it really is, is just another way to teach the next generation all about trains and how to take care of small electromechanical devices. And it can be a rare moment of father-son or grandpa-son bonding that is just taken for granted in our younger years. And yes, setting up trains can be frustrating at times, but once you get past those initial moments of why the F is in this train moving and dad yelling at you to stop smashing them together, you get to watch it go around with a sense of, sense of accomplishment and pride. And that's the true spirit of Christmas after all, is getting to play with your toys. Hey, did you know that girls and moms can build trains too? It's true, they can. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for listening to uh, me talking about trains one last time, I promise. For all you listeners out there, maybe you could send some pictures of your train set up underneath the tree. I know I'd love to see them. It's a simple gift that you could give me to make my holidays a little happier. And Alex, you can give us that email address now so you can send us those pictures. I see what you did there, uh, but I wanted to play this first. Okay, let's do it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I've heard that. A bunch of children chanting at me at two o'clock in the morning while I watch Nickelodeon. Yep. Lionel Coin Bank, Lionel Coin Bank, Lionel Coin Bank. Yep, I remember that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look that up for a nostalgia blast, right? Right to your central cortex or whatever. Is that a brain part? Sure. Yep. I think he means cerebral cortex, but sure. Central cerebral. Uh, tomato tomato same same mm. <laughs> i don't know so yes i'm not anyway I'm if you want to send pictures of trains to to nick i'll tell you how but first i want to say i said it the last two episodes and i'm going to say it again um we are three men we are caucasian and we celebrate christmas so that's what we're talking about because we know we don't know no better uh, we don't know no better, and we want to be educated desperately. And we're looking for anyone who is willing to educate us on the traditions or the entertainment that takes place in households that maybe don't celebrate Christmas. What I would like, what I would love, and I think my my two my two boys here would agree, is for next year us to devote the entire month of December to bringing on guests who have other holidays that they celebrate to come on and talk to us about their holidays and what they do because we're talking a lot of christmas i know that's not everyone's thing we'd love to represent you and your holiday as well so the easiest way to do that is you can send us an email we are entertain this uh podcast at gmail.com or you can go to our website www.entertainthis.net 
uh, and scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see a little questionnaire there that you can fill out. Uh, if that doesn't work for you, you can find us on Twitter. We're entertain underscore this, or you can find us on Instagram. We are entertain this podcast. We also have a Facebook page. It's podcast entertain this. Follow us there for updates on our show, which is pretty cool. We have a YouTube where we upload all of our video versions of the podcast. If you want to see our weird faces we make while we're recording this podcast at each other, you can check that out. As always, entertain us so we can entertain you and you can entertain this. Bye. Bye. This episode of Entertain This was written by Michael Savoya, with additional commentary from Nick Mustakangas and Alex Steele. Our showrunner and resident fact-checker is Chloe Price. Our theme music is Rush Bubble by Aaron Spencer, with interstitial music by DJW. Tune in every Friday for new episodes, and thanks for listening.